Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 12, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert in site editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Feeling a little bit better. Sorry I did not do a show on Thursday, uh, like I said, on, on Wednesday's show, and you could probably even tell. On Tuesday's show, I was getting a little bit under the weather, uh, so I decided to, to, to get to bed early, uh, try and get some sleep. I got some sleep today. I'm feeling ready and raring to go for a Friday edition of Locked on Magic, and then I'll have the weekend where I don't do any shows. That's how it works, I guess. Uh, but a lot going on with the Orlando Magic. Plenty to get to as we wrap up our... Uh, player evaluations in our season recap, flip the calendar over, get ready for the NBA draft, the NBA draft combine going on in Chicago, some news coming out of there, uh, and we'll flip the, ca- and like I said, we're going to flip the calendar over, and from here on out, it is pretty much all going to be focused on the 2018 season as we get through this 2017 offseason. Tuesday is the NBA draft lottery for Wednesday's episode of Locked on Magic. We will have a live NBA draft lottery show. I'll have more details on that. Got us Got a good guest lined up to talk about the Magic uh, and their preparations for the offseason as well as the NBA Draft Lottery um, as we'll find out where the Magic are finally picking Tuesday night. So mark your calendars now. Tuesday night, um, I believe, the uh, <coughs> since it's on ESPN, uh, the, game's at no, the, the game is at 9. And so that means the NBA Draft Lottery is probably going to be taking place at 8. So plan on tuning in around 7.30, 7.45 Tuesday night for the NBA Draft Lottery live show. We'll talk about the NBA Draft Lottery, who the Magic might be looking at. We'll watch and react to the lottery live as well as talk about it afterward, and we want your rea- interaction too. It'll be a live Google Hangout. I'll send out the link, so check. So be sure to check out Locked On Magic's Twitter account, at Locked On Magic, as well as follow me on Twitter, at Daily as well as we will do this lottery thing live. Have complete reaction, complete analysis and reaction of it as it happens. So be on the lookout for that. Of course, the NBA playoffs continue. The conference semifinals will wrap up. Congrats to the San Antonio Spurs on their big win over the Houston Rockets. Getting excited for that matchup with the Golden State Warriors that starts Sunday. For the latest on the NBA, be sure to check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Spurs does a great job, as does Locked On Warriors, covering those teams Get ready for lot for the Celtics and Wizards with Locked On Celtics and Locked On Wizards. And you can also get ready for the draft in general by checking out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just type in Locked On and the team you're looking for, and that will get you started. But let's start with the big news of the day. I guess it was the big news of Wednesday, uh, so I would have talked about it yesterday if I had a show. Uh, and that is uh, the Magic are obviously with Matt Lloyd and Frank Vogel leading the delegation up to the NBA Draft Combine, getting ready for the NBA Draft and, and conducting really their first interactions and interviews with the players, um, with the with the draft prospects. And the NBA Draft Combine this year um, is not seeing some of the big names that you usually see. The top guys did not did not appear. Markel Fultz, the projected number one top number one overall pick, 
as well as Darren Fox are the only two major players uh, in, in the top six or seven prospects that are in Chicago for the NBA Draft Combine. And somewhat surprisingly, and, and the way this works is, is, the, is the teams request who they want to interview, and the NBA assigns it. And so, somewhat surprisingly, the Magic were not granted an interview with top overall prospect Markel Fultz. <coughs> Excuse me. Several players, or several sources, told Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel and was kind of leaked around elsewhere as well, that the Magic weren't going to get an interview with Fultz. And it's definitely a little bit of a setback, I think, for the Magic. Not a killer. I don't think it's necessarily a, a big thing. But it is... A, a little frustrating, B, a little odd, I would say, that the Magic did not get their sit-down with Fultz. According to, uh, um, what's it called? According to uh, Jeff Goodman of ESPN, Fultz talked to the Celtics, who own the top lottery odds, the Suns, who own the second, the Lakers, who own the third, Sixers, who own the fourth, the Knicks, who own the seventh, and the eight, and the Kings, who own the eighth. That means only the Magic and the Timberwolves did not get to speak with, or have not been reported to speak to Fultz in the top eight. Obviously, where Fultz lands is going to depend on the lottery. He could end up on any of 14 teams. But the odds are that the Magic are one of the teams that have a very realistic shot, 8.8% chance of landing him. So it is a little odd to me that the Magic did not get this sit-down with Markel Fultz, that the Magic didn't get the opportunity to chat with a player of this magnitude considering where they're sitting. Like I said, I don't think it's the end of the world. There's no indication that Fultz decided not to talk to the Magic. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case. And in any case, by Tuesday we'll know if the Magic have a realistic chance of landing him anyway. So it's not, again, not the end of the world. If, <coughs> at this point we know Fultz is going to go probably in the top two. It's not a big mystery there. So if the Magic land the top pick in the lottery on Tuesday, they're going to get a bigger sit-down with Fultz. These interviews are kind of just getting to know people, beginning to start conversations, begin building relationships, and set up workouts and interviews a little bit down the road. The big interview is when the player comes to Orlando, and especially if it's an individual workout, gets the opportunity to sit down, you know, in a longer setting, usually sometimes even over dinner. Like I've heard of the team taking players, taking like high drop picks out to very nice dinners and having a real job interview. I mean, I've been on job interviews like that. Um, not, well, almost like the Magic. Actually, I've actually been on a job interview that, that they take, take they take that I was taken to a restaurant where, where Magic player, where the Magic are known to have taken uh, potential uh, draft picks. Um, but it, it, that's where the, the meat of those interviews take place and where the meat of these conversations and these relationships are built and, and information is really gathered. This is more of an informal setting. It is structured. You have 30 minutes to, to get through the interview. It's kind of like a, a, a speed dating or an on-campus interview type setting where you know they're kind of checking you off a schedule almost. Um, it's, it's important. I, I think it's definitely a setback that the Magic didn't get to talk to Fultz, but it's not the end of the world. And, and anyways, by Tuesday, it could be rendered moot. It's If Fultz is, if the Magic win the lottery, 
Fultz is going to come to Orlando. They're going to get their opportunity to sit down with them. But of course, it's contingent on what happens Tuesday. It's an added bonus for sure, but not the end of the world. Especially considering, I think, what are the other goals for the Magic in the draft combine. They have the 25th pick in the draft. They're going to be looking at um, some players later in the first round. And a lot of those players are in Chicago. (coughs) Excuse me. As you saw, I'm still a little sick. Um, But a lot of those players are in Chicago. A lot of those players are available for them to talk to. And it's important that the Magic get to talk to as many as they can because the Magic are going to have the 25th pick. Then they're going to have the 35th pick as well. So a lot of these guys are kind of in the same range. On top of that, if the Lakers fall out of the top, if the Lakers land in the top three in the lottery, then the Magic get the 33rd pick as well. So Magic could have three picks in the late first, early second round range. A lot of those guys are going to kind of jumble together a little bit. The Magic have to do their research because you can get very good players still high in the second round and with that 25th pick. And I think the Magic do have to hit on that 25th draft pick. Now, the Magic have talked to some very interesting players. Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel reported on Wednesday, the Magic talked to um, Kentucky Wildcats shooting guard Hamidou Diallo, who really impressed uh, on the agility drills uh, and and some of the the other drills that they do during the combine. Really superb athlete. I think he had the, the biggest vertical leap, or the second biggest vertical leap in the Combine's relatively short history, but still very impressive athlete. Didn't play last year at Kentucky. They talked to UCLA power forward TJ Leaf, Baylor power forward Jonathan Motley, Creighton center Justin Patton, who is definitely a first-round option, South Carolina guard Darius Thornwell, and Michigan center Mortz Wagner. Wagner's probably going to be uh, slipping to the sec- slipping in the second round if he gets drafted at all. Some very interesting prospects um, there that the Magic are talking to. So they're gathering information. Leaf, Motley, and Thornwell should definitely be available at 25. I think I've seen a lot of projections that have Patton going in the teens, early 20s. So Patton might be a little bit of a reach. But these are all solid players that the Magic could bring in who can contribute fairly quickly. Um, you know, obviously with that, that late first round pick. Uh, according to Robbins as well, on Thursday, the Magic interviewed North Carolina small forward Justin Jackson. A very good player from North Carolina really came on last year uh, for the for the Tar Heels in their national championship run. Oklahoma State point guard Jawan Evans, who a lot of people have pegged going to the Magic at 25 if they don't take a point guard early in the draft. Very good player as well. Um, I've talked a little bit about him, I think, uh, as well. And Utah power Utah power forward Kyle Kuzma, another really good athlete, interesting player. And Michigan power forward DJ Wilson. So these are all the names the Magic and all are going to interview 20 people. Uh, 20 players, they get 30 minutes with, with each of them. And so, they'll, they, they're going to have a lot of information to gather, and they'll begin bringing players into Orlando fairly shortly after the, the draft, after the combine ends. Uh, so the work for the Magic's really beginning to pick up. We're beginning to see exact, we're beginning to see their draft strategy kind of begin to crystallize and begin to uh, uh, take shape here. You see a lot of power forwards. I think the Magic should be looking for a traditional power forward to bring off the bench. Um, they, I think they could use both a, a stretch four and a traditional power forward, maybe even a power forward you can slide over to center some. Obviously, you got Bismack Biombo there, uh, so you want to have some shooting maybe from maybe from power forward, unless the roster's planning on changing. 
But I do think it would be valuable for the Magic to have a, tr- a traditional four that they could throw in when needed. Um, and I think Motley fits that. I think that uh, uh, certainly there are some players that, that fit that uh, fit that mold. And it does seem like the Magic are looking at stretch four, stretch five. So Patton, uh, Patton I think, is someone who can hit some jumpers. I haven't really looked too much into him, so don't quote me on that. Uh, as well as Kuzma. I think Kuzma could also step out and hit some jumpers as well. So some interesting prospects coming in. The Magic are doing their homework. They seem to be uh, going through the process pretty heavily here uh, as the draft momentum begins to pick up and head toward uh, head toward uh, the, the lottery on Tuesday. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. And so now that the draft stuff is out of the way, let's move on and talk about, I guess, the main topic for today. uh, And that is wrapping up our player evaluations and our season recap. Uh, today is the final time, for at least for a while, that I'll talk talk extensively about the 2017 season, or specifically about the 2017 season, without some eye to the future. We're going we're gonna to kind of wrap and put a bow on the season and get ready to, again, turn the page to 2018. The final guy we got to talk about is Terrence Ross. The Magic, of course, acquired Terrence Ross at the trade deadline, at the All-Star break, for Serge Ibaka. Um, kind of shifting the Magic's priorities and their style in the process. In Toronto, Terrence Ross had something of a of an odd reputation. Uh, the the most I guess telling anecdote to tell was when the Magic returned to Toronto after the trade, uh, and Dwayne Casey was talking about Terrence Ross. Someone brought up the the famous now. 52-point game that Terrence Ross scored. You can buy the card on, on NBA 2K My Team of Terrence Ross dropping 50. Um, it's an infamous game and always a sign that this kid can get hot and score a lot of points. That's what he's good at. But Dwayne Casey quickly joked, but he scored like two the next game. It's actually six. And I do think, though, that contrast is very much a sign of Terrence Ross's play. One night, he'll score 25, 26 points. The next night, he'll be invisible. That's been Terrence Ross's MO, and that's ultimately what got him dropped from the starting lineup in Toronto and coming off the bench. He became their sixth man, and some nights he'd be really good, and, and some nights he wouldn't. And, and, and Toronto could kind of mitigate that, I guess, uh, because... They had such a strong starting lineup where they could know, okay, we're going to need a little bit more from Kyle and DeMar tonight. The Magic acquired him, ready to give him a larger role. Ready to shift their thinking and their roster a little bit. By trading Serge Ibaka and going smaller, they moved Aaron Gordon to the power forward, and that helped him tremendously. And it opened the door for Ross to get the more consistent playing time that he wasn't going to get in Toronto with the stars that they had. With the more consistent stars that they had. And for the most part, Orlando saw that inconsistency from Terrence Ross. Some nights, he was really good. He had a 29-point night against Indiana, scored 20 points a few times. Some nights, he wouldn't be there. 
But largely, I would say in Orlando, he was a little bit more consistent. His floor raised a little bit because he was getting more playing time. And I and I, I think some of the problems with Ross is, is also that the Magic had to learn how to use him and play with him on the fly without any real prep time while learning an entirely new style of play. The Magic completely shifted everything that they were doing after the All-Star break when they acquired Ross. So, when it came down to it, Ross was as much learning and exploring things about himself as the team was exploring about themselves too, and that led to a little bit of some messiness. Some some clashes, I would say, almost. Not not like, clashes probably isn't the right word, but there's a clash of of player figuring out who he is, team figuring out who he was, and, you know, there was definitely some uh, some some hiccups along the way. Overall, Terrence Ross's numbers improved pretty much across the board. His averages improved across the board. What didn't improve, though, and is somewhat concerning, was the Magic brought Ross in hoping that he'd boost their shooting, that he'd become a better shooter, provide some space. And it is true. I think what the Magic learned as much as anything was the threat of three-point shooting is just as important as the actual ability to shoot threes. Now, probably not actually as important, but the threat of three-point shooting does spread the floor and make other players better. You just need to follow it up and make shots. Orlando's offense overall improved after the All-Star break. Their shooting numbers did not. They remained one of the worst shooting teams in the league. Terrence Ross in Orlando shot just 43.1% from the floor and 34.1% from beyond the arc. He didn't provide the huge shooting lift individually that everyone thought. And some of it certainly could be personnel. The Magic were still trying to figure out how to use Ross. They increased his usage. They got him coming around screens and, 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 and doing handoffs. And even Ross said that it's a little bit of adjustment to be more of the focus of an offense. And so that adjustment was still ongoing as the season went on. The Magic were still figuring out how best to use Ross and, and, and how, to, how, to, how to play this new style again. And so it's hard to judge Ross very harshly or hard on this. What we do know is that his production, while on a raw raw basis increased, his efficiency decreased. Per 36 minutes, his points per 36 minutes were actually down. And again, some of that I think just has to do with the situation. That the team didn't quite know how to use him yet. They were still, they were playing a completely different style that they weren't really built for from the beginning. And I think also some of it was the the star complex that I think Magic the Magic had, where, you know, no one knew how to properly split whose turn it was. There were plenty of games where Ross had it going through the first three quarters, and then he just disappeared in the fourth. He couldn't get the ball for whatever reason. The Magic either stopped running the plays that got him looks, or you know, certain players tried to take over too much. That was a problem for the Magic throughout the year. Ross does have a positive outlook for next year, I would say. I think the team will be built better to to uh, use a player like Ross. They're going to look to add more shooting, hopefully, to create more space for him to attack. Ross surprised in many ways. He still had the consistency issues, but they seem to be going away a little bit. 
He's not going to be first start, a first option player. He's probably not even a second option player. But he can create a little bit for himself. He's really good at coming around screens. His shot is quick and smooth. He can get it off very quickly and in a short amount of time. And more than that, his passing was much better than I think everyone anticipated. He went from averaging 0.8 assists per game to 1.8 assists per game in Orlando. So he proved himself to be a much more versatile player. He still has a long way to go defensively, and I think like Evan Fournier, he's a little bit of a tweener where he probably works better as a shooting guard than as a small forward. And, and, and that's something the Magic are going to have to reconcile and figure out as well. But Ross proved himself to be a valuable player, a player the team can rely on, and a player that can find success in this league and find success with this team and what they are trying to build. It's true, Ross still has a movable contract, and I think that it wouldn't surprise me to hear some talk of trading Ross, because Fournier is going to be much harder to, to trade, and if the Magic are looking to upgrade small forward, one of Ross or Fournier is going to be kind of on the chopping block a little bit, or potentially on the chopping block. But Ross certainly showed enough to, to show that he can work with what the Magic are trying to build now, with, with the new type of team the Magic are trying to be. And I would say, of all the Magic's main players, Ross is one of the few that met expectations at the very least, and maybe even exceeded them a little bit too. Because he did help change the Magic for the better on the offensive end. He has to produce a little bit more. But I think that the trade that the Magic made for Ibaka turned out to be a good one for them. They got a lot for Ibaka. They got something valuable for Ibaka that they can use moving forward. And I think that is definitely a very positive thing. And so I would say Terrence Ross had a good run with the Magic this year. And it should only get better. I'm going to close out today's show talking a little bit about... um, <coughs> about uh, some, some year-round awards. Let's just kind of put a bow on the season a little bit and say and and, and kind of say, okay, these are the players that, that played well, or these are the these are the guys that really stood out. Uh, and you know, we kind of did this throughout the year where we had the, the quarter MVP, the, the first half MVP and, and the like, kind of breaking things down. Uh, and obviously it was a frustrating year. 29 wins is a frustrating season. Um, if you go back through all the player evaluations that we did on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, you'll see a lot of C's. And some people were accusing me of grading on a curve. Um, in my world, at least, a C is not a good grade. Um, I think there was a lot of players who played slightly below expectation, if not meaning expectation, or the Magic simply gave them a role that was too big for them to fill, and thus... They did okay, but not good enough. Um, they did average, essentially. And when you have a team that's full of players who play average, you end up with a season like this. You need some guys who really step up and play better than you expect. I mean, I would say Aaron Gordon was probably one of the few like main roster guys who played better than expected, but even with him, it still wasn't enough. And partly wasn't his fault, but this team still needed more. 
But having said all that, I think that the place to start with is with the team MVP. And to me, the team MVP was none other than Evan, was, was, was Evan Fournier. Led the team in scoring with 17 points per game. Was fairly consistent throughout the year. I mean, when he was he was able to kind of get get his get his work in and really do what the team asked of him to do. Yes, it's true he probably dug his head in and tried to do too much on his own, but the Magic needed that. And just because he wasn't able to do do that level of play or be that kind of player consistently, shouldn't take away from the good season that he had. Yes, his, his field goal percentage went down, but everyone's did. Fournier was the Magic's offensive rock and just a solid player all around. At this point, you know, we kind of know what he is. And you have to do a little bit better job maybe covering up for his mistakes, but Fournier, as has been the case every year he's been in Orlando, the Magic play a little bit better when Fournier's on the floor. He does make good, smart plays for the most part. There's certainly areas that he needs to improve on, being a playmaker being one of them, but he usually isn't going to be a negative on your team. Defensively, yeah, the Magic probably could have asked a little bit more from him. But just for his consistency, for his ability to kind of weather all the storms, uh, I would I would call Fournier the team's MVP. I think he was the best player on the team this year. Most improved player, I would say definitely Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, I would say most improved and defensive player of the year for the Magic. Gordon was good this year. I, I I think that the experiment with him at small forward was a little misguided. Um, he's definitely a power forward in this league. Um, I think that there is some sign that he could have played small forward, but not with the way the Magic's roster was constructed. Uh, and, and I think the poor roster construction hurt him and his development a little bit. Having said that, even while he was playing small forward, he was averaging a career high in points. And I think that the skills that he learned, having to attack off the dribble, having to attack from the perimeter, are going to help him now that he's a power forward. And I think did help him now that he's a power forward. For the second half of the year, for the post-All-Star break portion of the year, I would call Aaron Gordon the team's most valuable player. If anything, my hope is that this summer he can begin to feel confident enough to assert himself more and be that guy for the team. Be that guy for the Magic. Because when he gets things rolling, he is a very special player. He can have big scoring nights more often, I think, next year. And I think he will spend this summer, as he's done every summer, really, improving his skills. Everyone forgets what a huge leap he took from his freshman year to his sophomore year. And the only thing that slowed that down was the jaw injury he suffered in the, in the summer that forced him from training camp. Even this third year, spraining his ankle right before training camp hurt his development. He said it. I couldn't work on the footwork that I needed to play the small forward position as much because my ankle was hurt. And so as we were going through the new sets and, and, and learning everything, he was on the sideline. He was watching. He wasn't fully healthy until the end of the preseason, really. And even then he said, you know, I was he wasn't fully healthy for a while into the season. He hurt his foot right before the All-Star break. But you look at Aaron Gordon's season as a whole. And you can see that he really had a good year. That he showed a lot of growth individually. The Magic trusted him to guard the best player on the other team every single night, it seemed. 
and he played really well. He looks like he could be a future all-defensive all team player. And it wouldn't surprise me if it happens. If the Magic make a playoff run next year, it wouldn't surprise me if Gordon gets consideration for all-defensive team. That's how good I think he can be on the defensive end. And he takes a lot of pride on, on, on playing defense at that high of a level. He knows that's what will keep him in the NBA if his offense doesn't ever come around. But even then, his, his offense started to come around. And I, I really do believe that Aaron Gordon is ready to take another step this summer. So those are the those are the three big awards that I wanted to give out to kind of finish our recap of the 2017 season. We're ready to close the book on that and head on over to the 2017 offseason and the 2018 NBA season. Lots to come. The NBA Draft Lottery takes place on Tuesday. Speaking of the NBA Draft Lottery, since I wasn't here on Thursday, we're going to do our hashtag one lottery per day for today's NBA, for, for today, uh, for Thursday and today. So we're going to run two lotteries here as uh, we begin, we finish our countdown toward the NBA Draft Lottery. We're officially four days away from the NBA Draft Lottery. I want to see your one lottery per day. So use the hashtag one lottery per day. Send your send your lottery simulations to me on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as at Omagic Daily, and let's sim our lottery for Thursday. Not a good day for the Magic on Thursday. Um, they, the lottery balls were sick as well. Phoenix gets the lottery win; that's their fifth time. Uh, and Boston and Philadelphia finish second and third, which means the Magic do not get that coveted. Uh, that means the Magic do get that coveted Lakers pick. I apologize there. So that'll be. 13 there. So that is today's Lottery Magic end up with the fifth pick. So there we go with that. So pretty chalky there. Pretty chalky there. Only the Lakers falling out of the out of the top three. That would be that wouldn't be bad. Would would people be okay with that? To Magic stay five, but the Lakers fall out of the top three and, and the Magic get that pick. Would that be okay with everyone? Let me know, of course, on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Let's uh reset the lottery and run it again. Again, kind of the same deal here. The top pick goes to the Boston Celtics. That is actually only the fourth time in the time that we've simulated this that the Celtics have gotten the top pick. Um, the Lakers finish second, the Sixers third, which means the Magic get the fifth pick. That That is now tied with the seventh pick for the most occurrences of the Magic getting a pick in our, in our simulated lottery. The distribution's been pretty even, actually. Four for the first pick, four for the second pick, four for the third pick. Four for the sixth pick, fifth for the fifth pick, fifth five for the seventh pick. So interesting numbers, obviously small sample size, but that's the lottery. It's random. That's that's the whole point of this, to show how random the lottery can be and some of the general trends that you see. Again, I want to see your your simulated lotteries. Send them to me on Twitter, at LockedOnMagic, as well as at OmagicDaily. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter, at OmagicDaily. Be sure to like the site on Facebook, at OrlandoMagicDaily. And, of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You could probably tell my voice is giving out. I apologize for that. I caught, I know I coughed a little bit on air. Don't mean to do that. Don't want to send any any sickness. Um, so hopefully get some rest this weekend. Be ready and raring to go for lottery week. Uh, next week, beginning Monday, as the NBA draft lottery is finally here, we're finally going to know a little bit more about the Magic's future. And, and of course, be sure to be on the lookout for our live draft lottery show on Tuesday night. Send it on to the iTunes feed on Wednesday as well. 
So a lot going on here with the Magic as we finish up this week, get ready for the lottery next week. We'll be here for it next week. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Line of Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. Have a great weekend. We'll see you all again Monday on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17